everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 101. So, we think we've got the audio issues figured out finally. Yeah. So, thank it you, everyone. So took a couple hours, but uh, we found the culprit. We're going to post it on our social media. Possibly. Probably. There might have been a couple things. Nabil um, has been very uh, patient today with us. Look, all right, it's not Apple. We don't got the fancy Dolby Atmos, high fidelity <laughs> bullshit. Okay, this is it. Look, I got a dog barking in the background. We got <laughs> ringing bells everywhere. This is what happens. Okay, we we're grassroots. Hey. We make it work. Yeah, no, we're not perfect, and I mean, we're trying to do this like me and Marco, at least because we live fairly close to each other. I mean, pretty close. Yeah, we're trying to do it so we're in person, and then then enables us to have more guests. Blah blah blah. We got blah. upgrades. I got an upgrade, an upgraded microphone yep. from a. An investor, a silent investor into the pod. So, yeah. I mean, see, we're, we're being supported somehow in some ways in order to bring you guys the best quality sound that we can. Even if we have to go through shadow brokers and have them invest in us, don't worry about it. You don't need to know about the secrets. They yes. And if, and if this podcast sounds just sketchy as much. hell or if it starts cutting off. Uh, One in particular. Just to let you know that the way that we did this was uh, we probably had to cut this bitch together a bit. So. <laughs> Frankenstein if we have this shit. echo issue that we've been having, Nibble's going to take a list to stop. But you guys will never know that because I will edit this as best as I can. James is going to be a T-Pain. You know, it's going to get a little chopped, <laughs> a little screwed. We're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so today, guys, we, we decided to go do a random marathon, kind of. I guess it just came up. Sort I guess of. it's kind of culturally relevant right now with a lot of the uh, new stuff that just popped up, actually. But we are doing the Evil Dead franchise. Ooh. So that is from uh, 1981 all the way to 2013 and beyond, technically now. So it's creepy. It's a little creepy. Got some creepiness to it. A little comedy, a little action. Nabil um, had duct taped a chainsaw to his hand for no apparent reason. It's it's a toy one though, one of the plastic ones, you know. <laughs> so I know originally that you know we had talked about we we're gonna do possibly like in the heights and such, but today we are jumping into this. We just you know it was. Pretty easy watch for these as well, so we're gonna jump all into them. Talk about each film, kind of our thoughts and opinions. Um, so, without further ado, let's jump into our intro for it to the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S Mart. So with this, guys, I know Nabil. I want to say I already know the answer to this. You you've watched these before. Yeah, I, the first time actually I watched them was when you introduced them to me. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Marco, I know this is your first time though. Or this you've seen is, parts of them. Sorry. Well, it, it is probably my third or fourth attempt to try to watch them. Gotcha. Okay. So I have All tried, right. but it's either you know I've had a little too much to drink you know or you know i'm kind of blazed and so i end up you know passing out midway and not really remembering and then i'm just like yeah i'll finish it later and never gotten back to it 
So this was actually a good way to get me to start it and finish it no matter what. So, yeah. First timer here. Fucking quitter. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'll ask you then. What were your expectations coming to the marathon? I've heard a lot of stuff about these movies because they're, you know, pop culture icons. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah Bruce definitely. Campbell, you know, he's he's huge now. I My actual first introduction to Bruce Campbell was Briscoe County Jr., which is a show in the early 90s that got canceled. It's an old Western. Oh, mine was yeah. probably, I mean, probably like Spider-Man. That was uh, my next. But yeah. in between that time, I had heard. But I didn't know who the fuck he was. You know I mean, I was like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I've heard of. What was he? The Ring Dead. announcer, the first one, the yeah. waiter, the second one, and probably in the third one. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, those came later for me. But yeah, everyone talked about, you know, the movie where he's got a chainsaw for a gun and yeah. I mean, for, for a hand and he's, you know, trying to fight off all these evil spirits and stuff like that. And I yeah. heard stuff that, you know, it was kind of campy that it was different that definitely, definitely. it was super gory and i think it's it's one of those things too where even when these came out ash williams is as popular as like the predator and yeah. aliens and they even tried to you know as you guys will if you look into it they tried to make a spin-off movie about that too so that would have been that would have been wild and he was supposed to show up in like freddy vs jason i think he's he, he like you said it's, it's a it's a cold icon so I yeah know. so i i was expecting to be in for kind of a goofy wild ride but i was you know, going in with an open mind, and I was gonna say, well, you know, it's it sounds like something that's up my alley, so maybe maybe it's something I'll enjoy. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I mean, this is kind of like a rewatch, basically for you. So. Yeah, but you know what? Watching them again, it was kind of like it was the first time. There was there was definitely elements of the movie that I had forgotten about for each one, and uh, it was actually a lot scarier than I remember it in, in some films, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. And the gore was much more gory than I remember it as well, which in some instances was good. Some of it was more like cringeworthy stuff, but uh, it yeah. was it was good to see again and kind of get that exposure to the films. I will say uh, when we go in through the last one, the last one I think was a bigger surprise for me than the earlier, the original trilogy, uh, yeah. just from what I was remembering from the film. So... It was it was good though, you know, just being able to, to see these again, uh, and and I got a chance to really kind of appreciate the uh, the the craftsmanship of the film from just the director, you know, Sam Raimi, and what he did with it, especially with the trilogy, um, compared to uh, what I kind of remembered of seeing it for the first time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, more so for me too. I've watched, I've done this marathon a couple times, and. This will be the first time for most of them are in 4K. I think the only one that's not in 4K is Army of Darkness. Um, and, um, yeah, that's it, really. I mean, I, I was looking forward to it. it I, I've always remembered these as fun movies. And I just actually recently finished Ash vs. Evil Dead. So I felt it kind of appropriate to, like, oh, let's go back, you know? So Right on. Kind of cool. Like, I, I've been holding off on that for, like, the last three years, kind of thing. Like, oh, my God. So... All right, guys, so without further ado, let's get into our, uh, uh, basically start the marathon itself now. And one thing I do want to mention before we start, Neville and Marco, as you guys know, these movies have come out quite a long time ago, right? Yep. Some might say they're a bit old, but not as old as Marco. So basically what we're going to talk about (laughs) is the films themselves are, we're going to spoil them. So if you haven't seen them, I would highly recommend, you know, just like any of our other marathons, I think it's a lot more fun if you've actually watched the movies ahead of time. Yeah. 
even like you know like dark is a notorious one and we actually have had recently viewers telling us they're watching dark so it's kind of cool like absolutely and then they watch it afterwards and it's like a cool companion piece you know cool stuff and you feel cool like you're part of the conversation say. so yeah part of the conversation you can actually follow along other than i mean but some people just listen to us and they're like cool i'm never gonna watch these but i mean <laughs> okay, cool i think there's enough here to watch and i like i said it, it makes it enjoyable so we will be spoiling them apologies if you we're holding off until after, but to now. Till, yeah, till, if, if, yeah, I don't if, even know. Yeah, if you're like we, me, we ruined this for you. Yeah, if you're like me, you waited an entire lifetime to watch them. So yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into our first review of The Evil Dead. I fear that the only way to stop those possessed by the spirits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. <laughs> I don't care what happens to her. She's your girlfriend, you take care of her. The Evil Dead came out in 1981. This has a 95% Rotten Tomato score. General premise, five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. So this trope was still not completely played out at the time. So this was especially <laughs> when, when this film came out. I think they made this film in like 78 or 79 is when they started filming this. They took them a couple years, yeah. Yeah, to get through it. So this was still kind of fresh. Uh for anybody who starts watching this, I did come out in uh, on October fifth, 15th, I'm sorry, on in 1981 with a relatively small budget, uh, $375,000, but it did really well in the box office, had a return of $2.7 million. This is directed by Sam Raimi. When, I want to say it was his first film, if not one of his first films, definitely a passion project. Um, but it was, very, very it was his first directing like, big editing, film, I think, because yeah. he didn't like short films ahead of time. So. Yeah. And it, a little after this, he, he's done quite a few films, obviously, since then. But one of the films, Dark Man, uh, The Quick and the Dead, and For the Love of the Game. So, a bit eclectic there. Written <laughs> also by Sam Raimi. Uh, stars one of his best friends, Bruce Campbell, as we were saying earlier. He plays Ashley, a.k.a. Ash, J. Williams. Ellen Sandwies as Cheryl. Richard DeManincourt as Scott. Betsy Baker as Linda and Teresa Tilly as Shelley. So very small cast, simple premise. They're all kind of in the woods. It's very interesting, small budget film that did really well. Uh, so let's kind of go overview just a little bit. Marco, since this is one of the first times for you to actually sit down and fully watch this film, <laughs> what were your thoughts about the movie? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it, man. I didn't know what to expect at first. I never really got past the part where the <clears throat> the first girl gets possessed and and stabs her friend with a pencil, like which is pretty fucking gross, by the way. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of pretty gory. I yeah. never. That's around the time where I started passing out usually, and everything after like, that was from fairly, the gore. Did you just pass out? <laughs> no, I was, asleep, dude, I was. I was. I was from my paraphernalia. <laughs> No, I can I can handle gore, which is kind of weird, but yeah, I can handle it. So, 
it was entertaining. You know, it's different because, yeah, some parts are pretty scary, specifically when, like, the, the demons are coming out because it's the early 80s, so they're using a lot of practical effects. And I'm a huge fan of practical effects. I used to be more of, like, a CG guy, but now since, like, CG is looking more and more crappy in movies, I'm kind of more in favor of bringing back practical effects because of the realism and the way that they they just have this distinctive look that makes it look that much more scarier. Even if it looks a little off or a little crappy, it, it still kind of, like, instills a little bit of fear in you. So I like that aspect of the movie. I liked... Uh, Bruce Campbell as Ash, he's definitely like the shining star of the entire cast. He's the best actor of all of them. He's more charismatic. He's easily likable, uh, even though he's kind of—it's—it's it's the early '80s, you know. He's kind of a douche, you know. But I mean, that's just his character. And I specifically liked a lot of the camera work. Sam Raimi is just a really good director. He—he he uses different types of camera angles to to really give you the feeling of 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 tension, of fear, a lot of low camera angles, which I really enjoyed. A lot of POV shots, which, like, were not heavily used back then. Like, it, it just at, gave the movie a different type of, of flavor for for the type of movie it was. So, okay. Um, you're, I, I think you're touching on a lot of good points. There's a lot of things about the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I definitely want to kind of go like, into. the breaks, then. <laughs> definitely want to <laughs> go into more depth about, for sure. Um, yeah. But... To 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 you know all you've said over there, I completely agree. There's a lot of lot of uh, creative things happening in this film, and the acting is pretty good. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about James. So just from your current method of just watching it, what like the hundredth time now? What what do you yeah. still think? Does it hold up um, for you? Is it still a good horror film? Yeah, no, I, I actually I really enjoyed it again this time around. It was one of those things where obviously it's dated. Obviously, there's the the budget, you know, shows pretty hard on this one, especially because I know they wanted to do more. But the practical effects, I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec, is something that really stands out for me in something like this, too. And um, there is some stop motion that they use in this that is, I think, pretty well done, especially considering the amount. Of, once again, he's, I, I, that's why I, I, I know we never put budget, but I had to put it for these because I was like, it's kind of interesting to show how they gradually, you know, cost and what they turn around and why they were able to make sequels and such like that but yeah and um just like marco said bruce campbell's kind of like the man he's not quite the character that he becomes though i would say in the sequels yet in this film he is very much um almost there i would say but he's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of it's kind of a dark comedy in the beginning but there's not as much comedy as the other ones have throughout the films which i would i think you guys could probably agree to yeah but it's creepy. It's like it's actually really creepy. Still, that's what I. It's that's more what I'm of a campy kind of. Well, I guess yeah. you would consider campy now, a uh, horror film of the yeah. time. You know, almost it's not quite a slasher film, but it's got kind of those, um, you know, aspects of slasher movies in built into this with the two of five characters. To a point, yeah. It's to like point. that mixed with like possession movies or like poltergeist. It's like a blend of all those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nibble? I completely the same. Um, it, this was definitely the scarier of the three original films, uh, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought the effects were really well done. The acting was was good for what it was as well, especially for what the characters were. And and there was always just there was this, always a sense of fear, like you don't know what's going to happen next. No, not at um, all. Which was really good. Um, that camera work that you were referencing earlier, Marco, as well, uh, really adds into 
the 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 kind of fear of the film you know trying to add up build up in the tension because you're looking at a different point of views of the characters and also of the spirit uh, or whatever evil entity that's over there and so that kind of adds into the whole tension of the again the tension of the film and and what's going to happen next so yeah definitely a great film let's let's lean in a little bit to uh what you guys both had brought up which is the practical effects what what exactly was there anything that James, you brought up like some of the stop motion. Was there anything that really stood out to you in that? I mean, we always got to bring up the tree scene. I guess that's the probably the most infamous scene yeah. in the movie. Right. That one's really well done. Um, it's pretty creepy. It's pretty fucked up. What happens too, obviously. Yeah. And I think it's one of those this, that scene. And I, overall, I just like the makeup on this one too. It's crazy that it was done by a bunch of like pretty amateur filmmakers. You know, for the most part, like all this was done in like. The, the the when they're possessed and become deadites and stuff it it actually yeah. looks pretty damn good still i would say for the most part agreed so. yeah what what about you marco anything stand out for you from an effects uh, standpoint uh yeah just the 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 makeup like james had, had mentioned the way that they they make them look possessed it really worked uh i really liked how like the the gore still worked too like the way they were able to do it like the whole like like I mentioned, one of them getting stabbed in in the in the freaking ankle with a freaking pencil, and you can see like the skin tearing open. And the that's what I'm saying. Off. They do really well. Yeah, you see, they do like, really uh, well. You know, it's... or or when people get get cut or, or or get maimed, they they really make you feel it. And I feel like that's that's something that lacks in today's movies. Um, yeah, my butt, my butthole clenched a couple times too. Yeah, I was like, oh, holy ooh. shit! Ooh. When they go into Linda's ankle, that part always. <laughs> that part's nasty, yep, man. Yeah. I don't like that part. I'm like, ooh. Uh, and, I, and I gotta say too, we we all watched. I'm pretty sure we all watched the 4K. This finally got cleaned up about a year yeah. ago. This is Marco. You're lucky. This is the best this film's ever looked. <laughs> yeah, it's so, pretty sharp. This this movie's almost unwatchable in some format. So. Yeah, I mean, just some scenes are unwatchable just because of like the the context of it, like. <clears throat> the tree scene is as cool as it is to see the effects and everything. It's it, man, that scene probably hasn't aged too well. Yeah, that's but, the one scene Sam Raimi doesn't like, but his effects seem like yeah, because it took a lot of. There, there is another tree scene yeah. at the at the end where the like the giant tree busts in. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. Like a tree end. Yeah, hey. yeah, it's like a tree end <laughs> or like a giant tree muppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that actually still holds up and and still looks pretty good. You know, obviously you can tell it's like it's fake, but still like. For uh, for the film and for its atmosphere, it still worked. So, yeah, uh, the stop motion uh, looked cool. Sometimes it looked a little off, but it was still cool that they incorporated in a, in this type of movie. Yeah, because it's something that you don't see in a in a slasher movie. It's more like something you see in like a fantasy movie. You know. Well, did you feel with the practical effects? I know you were saying that it kind of makes it seem more real. Did did the film actually scare you? Did you feel like it was scary to you, Marco? Yeah, there were some scenes that were scary, specifically when the uh, what are the the demons called? Deadites. Yeah, deadites. When, yep. Yeah, when when they freaking pop out, and man, it's it's pretty fucking freaky. It's like it's like going. It's very into, sudden too. Yeah, yeah. They just uh, turn the, around like the hey, the, the POV shots that he uses <laughs> in order to insert more fear into the scene. I, I think in particular, I, I, uh, if you're thinking of also the one where like the basically the demon demonic spirit is like flowing through the swamp oh, yeah, i think dude. that does really well mixed with the music it's pretty creepy yeah it's almost like a jason-esque type thing yeah yeah but 
the the one things that weren't scary and that kind of did get in the way were like the voices of the demons. Sometimes they're a little too much, or a little like annoying. And I'm just like, I, I, I get it. It's the so actors, I think, I think yeah. too. Yeah, but I think that added to the uh, whether it was intentional or not. That added to kind of the comedy element of it. You know, true. Because even like some of the stuff they were saying, you know, just antagonizing him, like something out of uh, the Exorcist. Well, I guess Exorcist would have been a bit of an influence on it, but just like if you, you if know, you notice it too, they're all like they all came from stage plays too, and they they act very much like they're playing to the back of a oh back yeah, stage. you can yeah, tell they expressed yeah yeah. And Bruce Campbell ages. Because he shot it. It took like three years to make this. Song. Yeah. Sometimes the haircut. You notice yeah. the haircut changes for some His of these haircut, too. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, now it looks different. <laughs> yeah. What about you, James? Do you, I, I, I think it's better to ask for you. Do you think the film has aged well? You know, being how many I think it has, yeah. At this point? yeah. I think it has. It actually surprised me because um, usually the first one's kind of the slog for me to get through. And this one was... I don't know. I just came with a fresher mind, I think, too. And I had a lot of fun with this. And I think it aged well. And um, I don't know if it's because it got cleaned up a bit, which is awesome that it finally got cleaned up. And um, it's just, uh, it's fun. It's almost, I mean, it's it's damn near like a student film. But yeah. with a bit higher budget, obviously. But I think it did well for the most part. And I think it, it's, uh, it ages well. And it's um, a pretty, you can see why it became like a cult hit. So Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, with between the the kind of the acting, the style of the film, um, and still some of the uniqueness with the camera work and the practical effects that helps it hold up, uh, but also just some of the overtopness where some films back then were very much focused on the scare versus the gore. In this film, they're like just like blood spewed everywhere. They focus oh, on yeah, certain like scenes, every you know, like gore. You know, that kind of holds up to build its also cult status as well. Which which helps to I, I remember seeing one of the promos for the film uh, that says like the one of the scariest films of all time kind of thing you know uh, yeah. just because of of that status of all the all the different things that elements I mean, I that they, they I think it's in. rated NC seventeen so it was it was rated NC seventeen when it first came out because of just yeah. which is crazy because when I watched it I was like it's pretty over the top but. You know, I don't know if it you consider that NC seventeen to this day. I mean, it it shows a lot. It's very bloody. I mean, even though yeah. now you can tell that the blood is fake, still it's it's an it's, all implied still. So it's like quite yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did any kills stand out for you, Marco? Something that was like, you know, like this this is gonna last with me for a while. No, no, not really. I think the only thing that that creeps me out is when like whenever they go down to like the basement or anything that creeps me out. I don't know why. I was had like when I was a kid. I always had this fear of being taken down to the basement and killed. Oh, so. this doesn't help then. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> especially when the I mean, I'm not I'm not afraid of that now. But I mean, as a kid, you know, it was just like holy shit. And that yeah. it, I mean, it still kind of lingers a, a bit when I'm watching movies because I remember, you know, as a kid that that's just something that like I would watch out for in a movie. I'm like, oh shit, is there a basement fucking scene here? Like, what if there is? What about you, James? Anything that stood out for you? Truthfully, the kills in this one are probably the weakest out of the three. Truth be told, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not even a kill; it's just a, the tree scene really gets to me every time. And that's not even she's not technically dead after that. So, and Ash, what I think he shovels his girlfriend's head off at one point in this one. Yes. So yeah. that's pretty intense too. But yeah. none, none of these are super memorable kill wise for me. It's more of the creepiness factor, like the chick peeking through the basement door opening and stuff, which yeah. they recreate in the, I guess, sequel. I guess so. 
Oh, the hands yeah. like popping out also. Yeah, it's, it's just creepy. Like I said, mm-hmm. they do a really good job of um, the makeup. It's, it's hard to believe they all were like classmates and shit. You know, like oh fuck, you know. Yeah, I think that's where everything kind of stands out. It it isn't the kills, but it's everything leading up to it. You know, the maims, the stabbings, the the, the jump scares that come up over there when you see. Yeah, people the dead are getting turning. messed up, and it's like, oh yeah. damn. And for a while, you know, that's that's what I think is really interesting about the film is that they linger on it. It isn't just like a, you have one interaction with this character and then Ash kills it or something like that and then you move on. Like all these guys have multiple attempts at trying to get at him um, or get at somebody else, and it's yeah. kind of lingers on, which adds to that fear because you don't know what's going to happen or when somebody's going to turn or what's, you know, if he's going to be next. I like I like the rules talk. that they establish in this one to a point. It's kind of like in other ones, there's like a way to save people, and in this one, it's like nope, not really. If yeah, they get like, possessed. Once you're touched, touch, yeah. It. Once they got you. To and, work. like, anyone can get possessed, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. shit, you know? I mean, honestly, it's just weird that Ash didn't at the time, right? Compared to yeah. everybody else. So, all right. So we wouldn't have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because reasons. Cause, yeah, because yeah. at first I thought it was because they had to scratch you or cut you in some way. But I'm like, no, nah, he got scratched, too, and he's still fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's, let's uh, talk about the rating here. James. You know, since you had seen it multiple times, hoping it still holds up for you, like you said, what would you rate this film? Uh, I would give it a four to five stars. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Marco? I would give it three and a half stars. All right. Uh, and I rated a four and a half stars, actually. I think it's a very strong injury in the film uh, series. And awesome. just to ask Marco from your perspective... Would you recommend this film since it's, I know you kind of rated it a little lower? Do you is it not a film that you probably recommend anybody watching, especially for the first time? I think if you're a fan of slasher movies, it's then it's something for you. It's very akin to the very first entry into the Friday the Thirteenth series, where it's yeah, it's, I agree yeah, it's it's very it, it relies heavily on the creep factor. It's cheesy at times, but it's still creepy at others. Um, a lot of POV shots. The camera work is great. Um, the the kills, nothing really stands out, but it's just overall a creepy film. Again, it's just the the freaking uh, the, the demon voices that just get on my nerves and shit. That's all. <laughs> They're a little too high pitched, and I'm just like, all right, chill out. But uh, still, it's it's a fun film. I would still recommend it if you're a fan of horror or uh, or gore or thriller. Then. Definitely at least check it out. They're not that long either. It's like an hour and 24 minutes long. No, they're all, all, all yeah. four of these movies yeah. are pretty short. It's a quick watch. Yeah. And this film, though, it is of its, you know, of its time. It's so, and, and I say not in a bad way in the sense that there's a lot more gore that they put in here, especially for the NC-17 film. It was still uh, worth watching, um, in my opinion. So I, I think that from that aspect, I agree with you. And I do feel like it did remind me of Friday the 13th. But James, being a resident uh, horror expert, here is there anything else that it might remind you of or that you can feel like it compares to um i think it's pretty much i mean it's it's reminiscent of early slasher films it's not a slasher though no i would say because the slasher is mainly like one guy picking people off and this is more like marco said a possession film so it almost even has some kind of i don't know it's hard it's hard to say because like this is one of those films that is like films compared to this film you know the the fact that he could that he utilized slasher elements into a possession film made it stand out more and made it different which i thought was pretty cool yeah it just reminds me of films that came after it which is funny because it's like obviously like cabin in the woods is so they're they're in the same fucking house in cabin in the woods (laughs) yeah yeah i mean for fuck's sake and um 
it's it's funny you say Friday the Thirteenth or sorry Nightmare on Elm Street because it's like um it's one of those things too. Or you say Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday? Uh, Friday Thirteenth. Sorry, I almost said Nightmare. Nightmare on Elm is too. funny because eventually you see the glove on the fucking tool shed too. So. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think this first one is more akin to like a, I don't know, fucking like, guys would know, know what I'm talking about, but like, um, sleepover, sleepover camp or whatever the fuck it's called. That one's pretty close to it too. Anything yeah. like that, which is more reminiscent of slasher films still. So I, in, a way, like in a way, late 70s kind of so. Yeah. yeah. In a way, this is kind of more like its own fucking kind of genre. That's why I always look at Evil Dead that way. Yeah. A lot of films definitely were influenced by it. Um, yeah. A fun fact, a bit of trivia about that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger's, I think, glove is is in the scene of of the shed uh, yeah. hanging up above over there. Apparently, uh, is it, I think is Wes Wes Craven had made was making yeah. uh, made Nightmare on Elm Street, and mm-hmm. you know it was claimed to be the scariest film of all time. And so Sam Raimi, as a kind of jab at him, put the glove in there to kind of tell him. That no, this is the scariest film of all time, and so that's part of the thing you were saying that there was a, a lore built between that Nightmare on Elm Street, the Evil Dead, and Jason or Friday Thirteenth mm-hmm. was each one was like at first it was is a back and forth about which film was scarier, and then they ended up just kind of nodding to each other. So in each, I think subsequent film, there's always some kind of reference um, to each other at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I don't know if it was in this film or it might be the next one that there's a scene where. Uh, somebody's watching television and it's actually a, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. They're watching television. They're watching Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Yep. Yeah. So they're always like nodding each other in that way, which is pretty interesting as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So that's our review of the first, The Evil Dead. And we're going to go on to our next one, Evil Dead 2. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead comes Evil Dead 2. So, Evil Dead 2 came out in 1987. This is a 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDb description is a lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh-possessing spirits holds up in a cabin with a group of strangers while the demons continue their attack. This was released on March 12, 1987. And the budget here is quite a bit more. It was even more than the last one even made, $3.5 million, And it brought in $10.9 million in the box office, which was a success. Once again, this is directed by Sam Raimi, and if you guys are paying attention, I've put—he's had made so many fucking movies, so just want to yeah, I thought that was very cute. Yeah, so we got <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man two and three. This time, written by Sam Raimi and also Scott Spiegel, who did The Rookie in 1990, the Clint Eastwood film, which is really random. Just want to let everybody know. Bruce Campbell returns as Ash Williams. We have Sarah Barry as Annie Noby. Dan Hicks as Jake, Cassie Wesley DePiva as Bobby Cho, Denise Bixler as Linda, Richard Dalmier as Ed Getley, and Lou Hancock as Henrietta Noby. So, uh, Nabil, I'll start with you this time, since uh, the tables have turned. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Evil Dead 2? I enjoyed this film a lot. There's 
much better production value, obviously, because they get a bigger budget. And um, it is much funnier. It's a much more of a dark comedy. And they do lean in more onto the gore as well. Um, But I enjoyed all those elements of it. They did a better version of it, but it it doesn't quite have that cult feel, which is the one downfall of it. Because I and probably because it's just a bit more stylized. But um, I do enjoy it. It also does feel like a retelling, even though it's kind of not. It's like a a a sequel, but also a reboot. If I remember what Bruce Campbell said, it's like a a requel. I believe he called it. Requel is what he called it. Yeah. Yeah. Retelling sequel where they mm -hmm. because they had the budget to finally. This is what they kind of more originally intended to do. do. Yeah. They're like, fuck it. Let's just. I mean, plus I, I was always thinking like because it came out six years later. I think people probably were like, oh, it's six years later. Like, I don't remember the first one too well. Let's just fucking do it. So, Honestly, I, I will say one of my biggest gripes of the film itself that um, still bothers me is that, and they do this in Army of Darkness too for some reason, uh, is uh, the uh, whole... Canon? canon? <laughs> yeah. They, they, they give you ba- the, the lore in the back. You know, they go and say, let me give you a recap of what happened last film. I was like, no, you really, it's fine. I get it for the time. Maybe that was something that was important, but... Honestly, they would have been fine without it, and I could have just rewatched the film, you know, as if it was watching the first one all over again, and probably yeah. would have accepted it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty solid film. Cool. Uh, what about you, Marco? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a solid requel. I, I, I agree with the bill that the whole kind of recap thing kind of gets in the way, but my gripe with it is how they retcon a lot of stuff in the ending of the first film. And uh, even Army of Darkness does this too. And I'm just like, oh, okay, we're just changing shit. All yeah, right. it's, okay. um, I'll say this much. It's kind of a ongoing guess, thing. It, I guess it does kind of help establish Ash as a as an unreliable narrator to a point. So I, I kind of took it like that. I, I also, could. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You, you, could, you could see it that way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could tell this one had a bigger budget uh, just with the effects. With the with the settings as well too. There's very different settings as well too. It's all not just in a in a cabin. There's different locations and stuff. The characters get separated into different areas as well too. At some point in the movie, but uh, overall it was it was enjoyable. I, I felt like it was a step down gore wise than the previous version. I felt like the the first Evil Dead kind of relied more heavily on that, which is weird because you would think with a bigger budget you would kind of like double down on it, but I guess they were trying to explore more the the characters and uh, the history, I guess, behind the Evil Dead and and where these demons come from. So I, I thought that that was kind of a, an interesting turn and change in in the franchise. But overall, still enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I like this one. This is usually the one that I like the least, to tell you the truth. Or this one, and I mean, it depends. Depends on the mood, I guess. Uh, I do like that they go into more of the Necronomicon and they kind of break down more of the Book of the Dead and kind of like, hey, where did this come from? So that's why they... It has always bothered me, though. I'm just going right into it. that They retell the first 10 minutes of the movie and they just basically like, fuck the first movie, right? I don't know why, but it's always bothered me. Even Cheryl's a different person in this one. Different actress. I was like, fuck, man. They they don't even really reference much from the first movie anything at all. It's like, no, not Ash, at all. Truthfully, you've been you in don't, this situation yeah, already. You don't actually have to be. You don't even have to watch the first movie. You can just watch this no, as, you just, as a starting point. I, and, it would be fine to me though if they, you know, there was. I watched an interview with Bruce Campbell talking about this, and he the reason he calls it a requel is like if you literally stop at the point where the. Uh, 
evil spirit goes through the house and attacks him in the back, and then he gets kind of thrust across the uh, forest. If you just essentially start that film from there, then you can continue it as a sequel as if he never, never actually left and is just kind of reliving it. And I, I, from that perspective, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I can, I can see that that'd be a bit more believable of what's going on. But because they do that recap and they retcon things, which I understand is because of the rights of the film they didn't have for the original one. That, that uh, dude, all three films have rights issues, which is fucking yeah. hilarious. It's crazy. I mean, the first two have like been resolved finally, and then the third one finally just got resolved with the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. So like they couldn't even reference that movie in like the first season of the show and shit. It was wild. Yeah. I'm like, what the? They do a retelling in there too. I'm like, this didn't happen. So it's just funny. Like it's almost like a running joke at this point. But it it's is one funny. of those things too where I think because that budget is so higher now that they finally got to do. I, I don't agree with Marco though. I think it's this one's pretty gory still, man. I agree. I mean, he's chainsawing his hand off at one point. It's just gushing and it's just. The look on Ash's face is like the iconic scene for me in this one too. It That's is. True. I mean, I see. To me, that was the really the only gore scene was when he actually does that. Everything else is just kind of like. I don't, and the blood maybe, seemed more maybe, realistic maybe too. It didn't look like a flush of Kool Aid being blasted on you, like yeah. it looked. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. See, true. This one did get. This one also did get remastered to 4K, which is awesome. So yeah. Um, went widescreen on this one. So. Um, moving on then. So I mean, we've already kind of talked about the sequel retelling. And so. What did you think then? I know, Nabil, you actually liked that the comedy starts kind of showing up a lot more in this one, right? Yeah, Bruce Campbell really gets to do a lot more of his physical comedy here, a lot more kind of slapstick angst uh, from a darker yeah. standpoint of just his his facial expressions, you know, of, of it's like the Three Stooges almost in some instances that he does. Um, he is just such a good physical actor at least in this film you know i've seen him in a few is, things yeah. and he's he's good but like in this he really kind of shines here and it, it is primarily focused on him so he Bill, has if a you're lot saying of he's a little ripped in this one i, I have to agree yeah he kind of is right yeah. is. dude he's i didn't realize that when his, i was like yeah when, when his when his shirt is kind of tore open he's got the fucking chainsaw he's got his a hand, six I'm pack like, bro holy mm-hmm. shit I didn't see it either. It's true from that first one. I was like, okay, because now you see him nowadays. He's kind of bigger, heavier guy. But yeah. Back then, I was like, Jesus Christ, he, bro. He, man, he got in shape for this one. He did. Well, I mean, yeah. he was doing a lot of physical stuff. I mean, half the stunts were. I, I think he I'm did pretty himself, sure he so. did the stunts himself. So throwing him himself backwards and forwards multiple times. Yeah, that's gonna take some some yeah. skill. Yeah. But I think that was like the biggest part of this film for me. Um, and the retelling was just more bruce campbell more ash and then building on that lore and the comedy aspect of it was was better even the deadites and the words they were saying that how they act and interact with him that helped me swallow this film much more than the first one in the sense of like i wasn't as scared more than i was like both scared and also found you know found it humorous so i could move with the film in that sense i enjoyed i enjoyed <laughs> yeah. that aspect of it see i just found it intriguing mainly because the deadites weren't as annoying in this one yeah. So I could kind of follow along a little better. Yeah, they definitely have more of a, a different kind of feel and look to them, actually. Yeah, so. I, I do agree, Nabil, that Bruce Campbell seems like he's a lot more comfortable with the character of Ash. Like he's got, he's had time to kind of polish up the character a little bit. Not quite like he has in, in the follow-up movie to this, but <gasps> it's, it's still right there. See, even Bailey agrees. Bailey's like, yep, Bailey. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say that, was it... Who was it that was wearing the shorts in the movie? The chick? Her outfit is ridiculous. I just want to say that. The, the whole, whole secondary character is so matter. 
Yeah, yeah the, sure. the, the, I just want to say, wanna, yeah. as soon as her and her fucking husband show up, I'm just like, oh my fucking god. And it's please Annie, still, right? <laughs> yeah, Annie please movie. tell me they die. You can't walk into a horror movie dressed like that and expect to live. I gotta <laughs> say, the coolness factor of Ash is kicked pretty high in this one, too. Yeah. This is when, like, for me personally, Ash Williams is, like, top-tier horror fucking icon, and it's like... Oh, yeah. Like, when... Uh, I mean, Killwise is just getting into too. Killwise, I love when uh, they take out Henrietta finally in the basement, and she's saying like, "I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul." She keeps saying it, and he's like, "Swallow this," and blasts her fucking head off. I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yes. You can see uh, some influences that Sam Raimi used in this and his other movies as well. Specifically oh yeah, franchise, yeah. There's there's a reason too. why he always um has, has in the movies. Uh, Bruce Campbell show. Yeah. It's like almost his good looks. I'm like. But uh, definitely when, from when he gets the chainsaw forward, it's just fucking awesome. Him just fucking kicking ass and just fucking yeah, no, it's a, he's a beast. These fucking like he says his groovy line in this one. Oh yeah, that was fucking yeah. awesome. He's just awesome. he's just covered in blood. He straps the fucking chainsaw up around his hand. This is like his iconic scene. Then he has the shotgun, and it's like fuck, here we go. So. I like how he saws it off with the chainsaw too. Yeah, no, that was fucking I mean, dope. I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. This, here we go. Anything stand out for you, kill wise or factor groovy, groovy factor wise, Nibble? I think that's really the biggest standout. Is just again, you know, like the kills were better here. Um, even even the part where you know they're getting they're getting shotgunned at by um, one of the other ones that one of the deadites just getting attacked. But I think the best part really is just Ash going out of his way to cut his own hand because he's like he had to do it and then the hand like going around and stabbing somebody in the back randomly like has a mind of its own it disappears and you don't know it's going back or ash kind of sitting in the chair we you know visiting everything that happened to linda uh you know the linda of this film and mm-hmm. having to cut off her limbs and she comes and attacks at the same time like all that whole part of seeing him slowly go insane because the deadites or at least the evil is just torturing him throughout the film. Yeah, that is what I think is the, sort of the selling point of the film for me. Is just his his descent into madness, and uh, it's that's definitely different from the original film where he was just you were just scared of what was going to happen, who's going to get attacked first uh, yeah. or next. And in this film, it's like Ash is just going crazy, and everything could be bad. You know, you don't know what it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, what about you, Marco? Anything? Uh, anything else stand out that you want to bring up? No, um, I would pretty much said that uh, from when he gets the chainsaw forward, I think it's probably like my, my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, just how fucking badass he is with that thing. Like how he becomes like the Ash that, you know, everyone knows the iconic character. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Nice. Um, so I'll start out with you then, Marco. What would you uh, rate this one? I'll give this one three stars. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I give this four stars. Awesome. I would give this one three and a half. So we a mixed bag. Look at us. I know, right? Uh, so let's continue the marathon, guys, and move on to our next film in the marathon: Army of Darkness. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die. When the world needed a hero. This one was souls. I don't want to die. What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance. 
I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, when the army spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. <coughs> now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. Sheila! With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. All right, so Army of Darkness came out in 1992. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 73%. The plot of this one is a sardonic hardware store clerk is accidentally transported to 1380 where he must retrieve the, ne the Necromonicron and battle an army of the dead so he can return home. I don't know why I can barely say Necronomicron. Hey, every time, every time they said it, I was like, sure. So the release date for this one is October 8th, 1992. Its budget is $11 million. Box office, it did $21.5 million. So still quite a successful movie. This one is also directed by Sam Raimi, who at this point had, well, not at this point, but he also ended up doing Drag Me to Hell in 2009, Oz the Great and Powerful in 2013, which I actually just learned about a few weeks ago listening to a different podcast, and also Ash vs. the Evil Dead, the TV show that went on from 2015 to 2018. So this one was written by Sam Raimi, also by Ivan Raimi, who also co-wrote Darkman in 1990. Spider-Man 3 in 2007, and Drag Me to Hell once again in 2009. Starring Bruce Campbell, returning as the iconic character of Ash, and Beth Davids as Sheila, Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur, Ian Abercrombie as Wiseman, Richard Grove as Duke Henry the Red, and Bridget Fonda as Linda. That's who it was, Bridget Fonda. Linda. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to start this one with James. What were your thoughts of Army of Darkness? This has always been like the weirder one for me because like it's such a tone in a shift in tone, like movie wise, out of all the movies in this like franchise. Because this goes into like full blown like kind of like action comedy, I guess you might say. Yeah. I guess to a point with with some more aspects of it, but like, I mean, it's still enjoyable for me because this is the one that has is like the most quotable, I think, too, out of all the films. Yeah. Um, especially you know we get like his iconic line with like the "This is my boomstick" and. Just everything else he says is just fucking hilarious. He's just really funny. He's Bruce Campbell, such an pretty asshole, much. And I love yeah, it. he pretty yeah. much runs this film. So I mean, it's it gets really cheesy. It's very '90s at times, especially with like the um, the kind of like fighting and like the way that the battles are set up. Like some of it doesn't look too good. I don't think that's aged particularly well. This one is also one that hasn't gotten a 4K remaster, but it is actually being worked on. It's going to release later this year. So unfortunately, we weren't able to see that version of it, but. Um, I don't know. It's still a fun movie. It's it's really cheesy. And yeah. It it just has it's very memorable because of the comedy, I think, so. Gotcha. Uh what about you, Nabil? What were your thoughts of this one? Yeah, I I kind of feel the same. Um I'm I'm less enthused about this film, especially coming after, you know, the last film that it has less horror in it. It's it is much more action comedy for sure, and Ash is kind of and I know it's meant to be like that, but he's kind of a piece of shit in this one. I don't like him as much as I did in the previous film, um, mostly because he's just trying to leave. But 
I just don't like his his character as much. I felt I felt that coolness factor wasn't there. He was just like he he had his aspects of being you know a dick and ridiculous and over the top, and you know he has his redemption in the film as well. But I didn't feel like he had lived up to the same iconic status as he did in Evil Dead Two, which is part of I think the reason why I wasn't as big of a fan. I also didn't care much for the medieval setting, um, but. The, the, the scene that did stand out for me is when he went to that graveyard and his journey in over there and he was in that kind of barn house, whatever. That part of the film was really cool. But every time he was like in the castle and everything else was going over there, I just, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. When are we going to get past this part? So, yeah, I was I was kind of mixed on the movie. Mm. Now, Bill, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. This is my favorite one of the franchise. And I <laughs> fucking right. loved it. I had so much fun with it. It was just so fucking bonkers and ridiculous. It and is. I love the mixture of the genre, how it was like a sci-fi, a time travel movie, like a thriller, a horror, a possession movie, all into one. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And not only that, but with Sam Raimi incorporating his style and his flair into it, I think it actually worked and made it that much more enjoyable. I think anyone else doing this movie, I don't think could have pulled it off, but Sam Raimi could. I actually did love Ash because he was like, he was fully the ash that everyone like grew to know and love and has all those memorable quotes and stuff. Yeah. I a agree. lot of the shit that he told these people, he called them primates and shit. Yeah. He was just <laughs> yeah. such a fucking dick. Cause he didn't want to be there. Like what, like it, I hate that they retcon this because in the, in part two, when he gets to the medieval times, he's like, no, he's like, oh shit. Why? You know? Cause he, he realizes that he's like the prophecy that they discovered in evil dead Two that, supposedly like took on the yeah he's like the chosen one or something right? and it's a it's a they do it a little bit differently in this one but you can still tell that if 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 you have that prior knowledge you know that he definitely doesn't want to be there he doesn't consider himself a hero he's just some guy that's just getting by i i love the medieval scenes too because he just freaking owns every single one of those scenes um I, i i do agree with james that some of the battle scenes you know are kind of subpar but i i think they still work for this genre um the the practical effects even though it's like years after the first two i feel like sometimes they're not as good too like they weren't primarily like the main focus they could have been, been a little bit better maybe it's because they weren't in 4k i don't know but, <laughs> no i think it's <laughs> the 4K I mean, at, cer- at certain but, points they're literally like throwing just skeletons at them like just prop yeah. skeletons. yeah but uh, it, it still worked for me. It was still enjoyable, and I, again, I, I loved the mixture of the of the genres and, and thought that it was you know a fun ride. Speaking of the the, the comedy, I I take it for for James that that probably worked for you. Yeah, you yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, yeah. Any any of the jokes that stood out, or any of his one liners that stood out? Uh, I mean, the boomstick one, like I said, is yeah. awesome. Um, you know, he's just like he's like a total he's a total asshole in this one. So like when he's just like, give me some sugar. Yeah. He says groovy again, and it's kind of like his catchphrase, and like the hell to the king, right? Is a cool thing because they reference that later on in other things too. So yeah, uh, what about for you, Nabil? I take it probably not so much. You like more of the yeah. I mean, it stuff? was funny. I think the comedy was fine. It's, it's it's just more to me. I didn't like what the direction they did with the character. I will say the fu- the funnier moments of the film was again when he was in the barn house and fighting against himself and then he had the, like the mini versions of him that he was attacking and it kind of led into like the three stooges kind of thing which i enjoyed so i thought though that whole kind of sequence was hilarious i i, I agree there i like that he he eventually was 
going up against an evil version of himself. Yeah. So, did this remind you guys of any other type of film, Nabil? We'll start with you. You know, it it just kind of reminds, and this is probably why it, it it's it's not as big because it probably is an original. But for me, it just reminded me a lot of a, a more R-rated version of some of those films in the '90s that they did go back into time. You know, uh, in the medieval times, I was like, oh, I'm in a different place. <laughs> like and I'm trying to get up. You know, like a kid in King Arthur. Yeah, I was, yeah that's what I was a kid in King, King Arthur's uh, court. Court, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, something like that, or. You know, a, a a better version of Black Knight. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, pretty that's, much no kind of. But I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I actually really enjoy Black Knight. No, it's good. One. But you know, like I know that this is an original, so it's also my my biases are from seeing those other films. But for for me, that's what it reminded me of, and I remember feeling that way as well when I first watched the film. It's like, oh, so this is just like the other ones, but really this is, this came out before any other of those films ever did anything. And I know Sam Raimi's vision was to go in medieval and deal with the Deadites from back then. But, yeah, I think that whole setting for me just took away from it. Um, I mean, it's great that he wanted to do something a little different, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was the aspect of the film I didn't like. It's understandable. What, what about for you, James? Does this remind you of anything else? Uh, no, I mean, pretty, I mean, pretty much what Nabil said. It's pretty much... Like R-rated versions of like Kid and King Arthur's Court, where somebody's a fish out of water and then he's out there. But, and I mean, it's it's just it's just like a, it's it's more like a comedy with some action slash. I don't even think it's scary, man. Yeah, it's not I don't super think it's so scary. scary at all because it's no. not even a lot of gore, right? I don't remember anything really standing out. I mean, there were some scenes where he was in the in the pit and he was fighting and then the, the thing. stuff shoots up in the blood and stuff like that. I mean, that's yeah. part of the goriest scene. But it's also it's like one of the, it's just I even like when he says like. Did you say all the words? He's like, I said most of them. Yeah, it's really I funny. love that yeah. scene. It's my favorite one. So like sort of. Yeah, then he just kind of sneezes words. the last one. He's like, yeah, I got it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, you know. It does have a reminder of all those 90s movies that did the same thing, but I, I liked the way that Sam Raimi incorporated it. I like that it was a lot different because it had to do with, you know, uh, demons and ghouls and and. and the dead coming back to life and i thought that that added a different flair to it as well as the character of ash himself like i felt like he was more uh, i get not a relatable character but a more realistic character than some of those other movies and i i do appreciate his arc too like he came to you know realize oh shit you know maybe i should i should do something about it if i'm able to and and he does and he ends up bringing both the kingdoms together wanted to war against each other and they ended up just being cool with each other so i kind of like that aspect of it so it worked for me i did enjoy the ending of that film where he goes back into you know reality and is in the grocery store <laughs> or yeah. the hardware store or whatever that whole sequence was pretty funny uh yeah. pretty cool and they still tied it in together with another linda you know kept that joke going so Seriously. that i think was really good so overall guys what did you think of the trilogy I'll start with you, James. It's interesting because I mean, like it's 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 one of those trilogies that just does not like line up the best. I think, like, like plot wise, trilogy. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it's like did everybody like? Well, I mean, this one seems like they had more of an idea, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's one of those things too where they just kind of move forward, and it's like one's like a really like big horror one, the other one is still horror with some comedy, and then the third one's like 
completely different. So it's unique. It's a fun, yeah. it's a fun watch. I would say for the most part, and I think it's one of those things that, like, cult wise status. These are all cult classics, and I think they're uh, they're fun watches. So I mean, it was I wasn't bored, and like you said, they're only like an hour and twenty minutes each. These original ones, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're all really short. Like they're over before you even know it. Like they never overstay their welcome. So right on. What'll be you, Nabil? Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, it's it is a piece together trilogy, but they do connect, and there is continuing plot to to an extent. So, um, and I do like to see the, the development of Ash and his character in each film as well. So that was that I think is really good. And honestly, you can also just watch each of these films individually and get a different feel. Like it, what's different between this and a trilogy? Uh, most trilogies that you know you've got to know what happened in the last film. You really could just watch these. From from scratch at any one of these, and you can you know just say have this film as what it is and enjoy it. So that's really nice. Uh, I agree. I I also appreciate the the evolution of the films, how each one is just slightly different than the other, a slightly different genre to a point. Obviously, the first two are more closer together than the third one is to the prior two. But yeah, I would agree. I think uh, as an overall arc for Ash, it it still works. Whether you watch the movies individually or you watch them as, as a whole as a trilogy i think that he you know ends up becoming who he's quote-unquote destined to be you know and, and it starts from the most random situation just going to a cabin in the woods uh i like how just how far different the story ends at the end than when it started you know it starts off as something you know just a, a regular possession slash demon movie and ends up becoming you know a, a t- freaking time traveling you know action flick which is pretty cool so um overall I, st- I still enjoyed it like james said they're only a hour and 20 minutes long so they don't take up too much of your time and they're they're they got a lot of iconic scenes to them a lot of iconic lines to them so they helped inspire like other movies within our generation oh yeah so. Um, I think it's kind of cool to see where those references come from, and um, they're they're worth a watch in my in my opinion. So that being said, um, well, actually, what did you guys think about where Ash ended up at the end of this movie? Uh, I mean, he's back. I mean, the the way that you can look at this from this point going forward is um, you can watch if you guys you know can see it. Ash vs Evil Dead was kind of originally intended as like a fourth film in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you guys like this, especially if you like Army of Darkness. I think I'd recommend you guys check out Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, it only got three seasons and it was canceled. So, But uh, it kind of continues all this. It's 30 years later and I, it shows you kind of what does actually happen to him afterwards. So, and it's it's pretty hilarious. So <laughs> it's one of those things. But I mean, if you just look at these three movies as a whole without looking at the series afterwards. I mean, it. hey, he comes back. He's like a total badass and it's kind of cool. He gets his little redemption. He nice. has like a strange metal hand. So. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so uh, what would you rate this film, James? Uh, this one, I, I would still give this one a three and a half out of five. So, right on. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I gave this a three stars. I, I am in the minority here. I give this one four stars. It's my favorite one. That's fine. So. Yeah. Cool. That works. All right, so uh, I take it you guys would still recommend this one then, obviously? Yeah, I would say if you're watching all of them, I would say, yeah, check it out. And uh, I think it's different enough from the other two that even like Nabil said, you can even if you just saw this one first or only saw this one, it's a, it's a different experience. So Yeah, you can yeah I think it's a, 
I think it's a good introduction, uh, even for some people that maybe aren't sure if they want to really see it or they might into it, be into it. This would be a fine way to get into the series and be like, hey, let me see what else this was uh, was happening because this is not as you know hardcore with the gore or for the the horror part of it. So you could expose yourself into that and enjoy the film, and then you know dig deeper into going to see the original too. Uh, agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Could be a nice introduction, or you know what, if you don't feel like bothering with the first two movies they they do a pretty good job at catching you up for the most part so. <laughs> the yeah, yeah yeah for the most part yeah, right? yeah. so yep yeah, that's the end of the original trilogy we're gonna go into one final film here which is going to be evil dead the 2013 remake slash possible sequel who knows so Evil Dead came out in 2013. This actually has a 63% Rotten Tomato score. So, of the four films, the lowest rated one, uh, but it is very much uh, not really part of the original trilogy. Uh, the story is similar. Five friends head to a remote cabin where they discover a book, the Book of the Dead, which leads them to unwittingly summon up demons living in the nearby woods. This came out in on March eighth in twenty thirteen, um, a bit of a higher budget, seventeen million, but did really well in the box office at ninety seven point five million. So it's a good track record for for all these films. Yeah, this one made the uh, most. So yeah, it did, and it's never got a direct sequel for some reason. Yeah. Um, directed by Fed Alvarez, who also directed uh, Don't Breathe and A Girl in the Spider's Web. It's also written by Fed Alvarez, who did, who's doing the sequel, which I just realized was a sequel. I didn't realize there was going to be another one. Don't Breathe, uh, Part 2. And also uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. as well as his partner, Rodo Sayogas, I think is um, how you say his name, um, who's also doing Don't Breathe, the sequel, and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, was all, also had some input from Sam Raimi as well. Uh, this is starring a whole new set of people. Jane Levy as Mia, Shiloh Fernandez as David, Jessica Lucas as Olivia, Lou Taylor Pucci as Eric, and Elizabeth Blackmore as Natalie. Let me go now to James and let me ask you, especially compared to the original Evil Dead, uh, The Evil Dead, what were your thoughts about this film? I really like this movie. I think it's a solid horror film. I really like the style of this one it goes really 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 dark on this movie compared to any yeah. other ones um that i mean if, if if you look at any kind of disappointment with it it's probably that it's like there's no comedy in this one at all and it takes away from that but it, it's more in line with the original uh 1981 film i would say and um i had a lot of fun with this because it's so goddamn gory i'm the only one that watched the unrated cut out of you guys too so 
Yeah, it's I didn't five minutes longer, and it it has longer gore scenes, which is intense. Gosh. And it has a slightly different ending, but it doesn't really matter. But um, the ending it's a different ending basically. But for the most part, it's the same thing, and um, it's got a lot of blood. It's got a lot of creepy imagery, and uh, I liked it. So, what about you, Marco? Going into this one, what were your thoughts about this film compared to the others? Uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's a, a different take at at the movie. It's definitely a, or at the story. It's definitely a more serious tone. Like like James was saying, there's there's not uh, any there's no goofiness to it or anything like that. It's it's a your it's basic generic serious, right? Yeah, horror story. It actually they actually try to incorporate like a a plot and an arc with these characters, which I guess sort of works. But it was. It was probably like the least interesting part for me. Like everything else, like as far as like the like the dead coming alive and the possessions and stuff, is probably like the more interesting part of it, rather than the, yeah, the story of the characters yeah. and stuff. It, it it does get a little weird, like a little kind of too weird, where I'm just like, oh, okay, like this is kind of this is definitely pushing some boundaries. There were some really uncomfortable scenes in this <sighs> movie, like very uncomfortable scenes. Yeah. There were a lot of uncomfortable things said in the movie. I'm just like, wow, they, how is this not rated NC-17? I don't know why, but okay. Uh, yeah, if you're a fan of horror, I guess it's you know something worth watching. Yeah, I you know I completely agree with both of you guys. I will say that from a horror aspect, I I enjoyed this film for a horror film. This is very gory, like even gorier than I remember watch from watching it the first time. And there's a lot of, like you said, Marco, very uncomfortable scenes where they just linger in a little too long on some of the uh, the the gory aspects of the film. But I kind of think that's mean, bad. I mean, I'm there were some right now. camera angles yeah. in this too. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, the rate of cut is even. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm it's sure. Crazier, man. Yeah, and I I was tempted to to rent it until you told me that it's like no, it's even crazier. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, you don't want to. I was like, dude, this is pretty. It's pretty out there. Yeah. I will say though, I it wasn't as as in your face, but I thought there was some a little bit of comedy to the film, um, probably more in the in the line of with the Easter eggs that they were doing with the original f- series. But um, I thought that like especially with between Mia and um, well, I guess Mia as a whole and her character and and turning darker, that she probably added more of those kind of comedic elements. Um, again, it was more subtle and probably because she was just possessed but i found some of her scenes but maybe from the ridiculousness of it all just more funny no. it was just laughing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's all eating popcorn she's saying some weird shit so what what marco what do, what do you think about this film since it's it's definitely i think we've established here that it's it's much more focused on the horror aspect of the of the the franchise uh, what did you think about it being that horror? Uh, I I liked the the gore that they incorporated in the movie. There's a lot of fucking messed up scenes. Like there's there's one scene where where Eric is like holding his hand up and he gets hit with something. You see his fingers. Oh my god! They just split open, dude. Yeah, totally yeah. split open and morph, and then he gets hit again, and his arm gets even more messed up. Uh, there's the the scene where. I guess it's, I think it's Natalie where she freaking uh, gets her freaking arm like chopped off. She tries to, and then she feels better. Is it hanging in your guys' version? What's that? Yeah. Is it hanging by a tendon? 
It is. Yeah, yeah, until yeah. Snap yeah. Saying, but yeah, it's yeah. by a tendon. There's uh, where where Mia has to, you know, at, at the end where she has to freaking rip her hand from being caught from, yeah. the, from the car. Underneath yeah. the car. You get to you see that tear they, off. They, yeah. they hint at, like, for a long time. You, I remember when me and uh, Nabil Ruthie saw this, it's like, is someone going to be, like, the Ash character, you know? Yeah. And, like, step up to roll. And they hint at it a few times. Like, oh, it could be this part where they cut, she cuts it off. And, like, yeah. is she the one? And it's, Yeah, it was a tease throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, shit, who the fuck is the person here? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I did have kind of an issue where, as where, in the original, like once you're possessed, you can't come back. There's no saving you and stuff. Yeah. And in this one, they kind of changed that. I like if they wanted to make Mia the hero, then they should have made one of the guys get possessed or someone else get possessed, and are having to struggle with that. I don't know. That's I, just my little. I was okay with that because I think it was like a, a redemption arc with her drug uh, abuse, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like her being reborn. Yeah. She's literally being buried alive at one point. Well, and they give you, you know, in the book, which is different from the other ones, is that they actually give you three ways to do it. Whereas the original film, well, I think all three, you have to, it's all about dismemberment. In this film, you can do the dismemberment, you can burn them, or you can bury them alive. Which, funny enough, they they do all three in this in this series, which I think obviously yeah, is intentional. That's but true. um yeah, I thought that that was a, a good aspect of the film, just to have something different, because it was more unexpected as well. It was cool of her brother to think maybe that's the the best way I could try to bring her back without Is like yeah. It, and I like yeah. the way he set up the syringes and shit. That was kind of cool. Nice little throwback to the original movie of like them putting the chainsaw together and stuff. Instead, he's putting the syringes together. You even see the chainsaw there. In the shed and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Like, she gets it when the demonic version of herself is like chasing her through the place too. So it's like, uh, yeah, um, so much blood. Uh, the the end. I thought it was just kind of funny how like the demon just shows up. She's just shaking her fucking shoulders at her, and I'm just like, <laughs> is she dancing? The fuck is she doing? <laughs> is this supposed to be serious? Because I'm laughing right now. I will there, say it was creepy though. A lot of imagery yeah. in this movie is so creepy. Well, there there was a lot of like I said, there was a lot of like risky things that this director did. I'm just like. Mm. Really, does she really have to say that to her brother? I know she's possessed, but that's. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's not her, though, technically. No, it's not right. her, but um, there there, there was a lot of line pushing in this movie. I'm just like, yeah. not necessary, sir, but okay. Oops. I see you, but not necessary. I'm creeped out enough by the demons and by the gore, so. Well, what about you, James? Was there anything that stood out for you as far as the gore or any, any kill that really was, like, memorable so yeah i would say for the most part god i mean olivia cutting her face off was pretty intense yeah i don't yeah. know if that got to you guys but that part always makes me cringe it's like you can hear her like cutting it and then um dude rolls up and it's like are you okay he breaks his back on the fucking toilet i know right <laughs> yeah Dude, it's like Jesus Christ, dude. Everybody, everybody he gets hurt in skin, the worst right? possible way. Yeah, I think he slips on the blood or something like that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just nasty. It's like, oh, because you know what she's about to do. Because she looks in the mirror and her image shows what she's about to become. You know. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, you know. So uh, the nail gun was also kind of the nail gun was pretty intense. Yeah, but that's not how nail guns work. That always gets to me. By the way. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how nail guns work. But okay. uh, not according to uh, Lethal Weapon 2, sir. Okay. <laughs> Every movie nail gun has not been fucking accurate at all. I'm like, that's not how that works at all. Um, I, re- I mean, it's so bloody at the end, too. It's just the gore is just ramped up to fucking like 11. So it's like, holy shit. Um, 
I liked I liked most of it. Like I said, it, as a horror movie, it works. I, I think the way it's shot is really well done too. It's just this shot of Mia like looking through the basement door and the eyes and just looking through. It's like ugh, it's so creepy, dude. So yeah, yeah. I actually one of the I think goriest films for me, which tends to tend to still stick with me sometimes. I remember, I remember watching it again and it reminded me of how much I hated it the first time was where <laughs> Mia it has, um, I think it's Olivia, uh, in the in, in the cellar with her and she gets the box cutter knife and puts it on her tongue slowly. Oh, um, God, dude. Yeah. The unrated version has that one uh, extended, by the way, and you see more and it's so fucking nasty. That's, yeah. Like, wow. it's yeah. because it's, they just sit on it for so long. It looks good, though, practical like, effect-wise. I'm like, this is Oh, yeah, cool. I mean, it's I mean, great. Hats hats off. And then I think they actually really buried her alive, so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they had oh, a, a thing rigged up to make it look like that, but she's actually buried alive. I was like, holy fuck. Creepy. Yeah. So I, I think that definitely was one of the the rougher, more gory parts of the film, or at least cringeworthy. But the kills were great. I mean, each character had a lot of time. Um, I guess with the exception of uh, Natalie, where she didn't really have too much of a say. And she you'd think she would because she was like the nurse or something, and she didn't get to spend as much time. You didn't get to spend as much can time I, Can I her. mention that that meat looks like so raw when they were cutting it? Too. Yeah. It I was like, that needs to go a little longer. It looked rotten. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that needs to go a little longer, boys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, mm. But yeah, everybody had like a really good death scene coming back up multiple times as well. And just when they turned into deadites and what they did, like those are really good. Especially like you said, James, Olivia, she had some of the more cringy versions or moments just in general, um, which was which was funny. Even, yeah, it's even bringing thing. up, like, yeah, even bringing back up too, like with the... Uh, was it? I think it was uh, the the girl with the hand. She got bit, and then she ends up cutting her arm. Like that's a throwback, obviously, to um, Ash Evil having Dead to cut too, off his yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah, and that's when I think even when we originally saw it, I was like, "Is she Ash?" I'm like, "She's been quiet yeah. the whole time." Dude, I thought it was gonna be like an unexpected person, be like rises up, and you know, it doesn't happen. Though, that was so. fucking disgusting mm-hmm. when she does it too, because <sighs> mm-hmm. you like, know she's about to do it because she looks at the that stupid ass fucking meat cutter. I'm like, yeah, Ooh. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I I don't know if this is necessarily part of the canon. I think it's kind of weird how they set up the story, the lore in this film. But let me just get your opinion, James, since you've seen these quite more often. Um, what are your thoughts of this film being maybe more of a sequel to the original trilogy? Yeah. So they they confirmed it. This is a sequel, by the way. This takes place in the same. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. This takes place in the same timeline. That's why Ash's car is outside, rusted in that way. Cause yeah, which they show. Yeah, yeah. That's why when they open up the the, uh, they've discovered the trap door. The blood from uh, the second movie is still there, where they got dragged away and all that stuff too. And the shotgun's still there too. And um, it, it, I mean, it works. They were originally going to plan it that Mia and Ash would cross over. So that's why at the end of the uh, the post credit scene, where it's just Ash saying "groovy" again. At yeah. the end, that was like a hint at the time, like oh, and they were trying to plan it, but then eventually they just couldn't get. I don't know why, because this movie made a lot of money, by the way. It they did, just yeah. couldn't get it off the thing, so they went with Ash vs Evil Dead instead. So, and I mean, I'll spoiler: Mia's not in that. So, Damn. but it would have been cool. I mean, it would have been cool just to kind of like even. How's yours? How does your guys' version end again? She, uh, she's like looking at the sunset and stuff, and yeah, and then um, does someone pick her up? 
No one picks her up in your no, version, No, no right? one picks her up. Yeah, so somebody so. picks... In the Unrated Cut, um, at the very end, somebody picks her up. And originally, I think they were trying to make that Bruce Campbell, but it's just an old dude. So, like, that would have been cool uh, if that had been, like, the connection. Yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, it's like, okay. So, it yeah, some guy picks too, her up and... It gets too sad because you see Bruce Campbell at the end and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, so it's a connection. You realize, you know, that was, like, eight years ago. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. oh, I guess, guess this isn't happening, guys. But, I mean, you can watch, like I said, you can watch the TV show if you really want to know what happens to Ash. Yeah, I think the, the post-credit scene is probably just a nice little Easter egg at this point for what it was. If you but... don't know anything about the Evil Dead, though, you would be like, who the fuck is this guy? And why <laughs> right. the fuck am I watching this? People would be like, who is this person? Like, I'm not sure. So. All right, so let's go into our rating with it. Marco, what, what would you give this film? I'd give it like three stars. It's, it's worth a watch really want to watch it <laughs> okay what about you james uh, i would give this one four stars i really like it i think it's a solid horror film yeah i too i agree i i give it a four star and i think it's a really solid entry and as far as a horror film is concerned definitely so that is our marathon there guys so the evil dead franchise ending there with that 2013 film overall i just want to before we get into kind of the quick thing on just kind of dropped recently on it but Marco, what did you overall think? Since we'll start with you, since this was all pretty new to you, or was new to you, overall, what did you think about the whole marathon, like I or the franchise it, in a whole? Was it I, fun? I, I enjoyed it. You know, not all the movies were gems, not all of them were you know home runs, but still, overall, at least the original three, I really enjoyed a lot. I had the most fun with those. Um, I had, yeah, you know, some issues with the new one. I mean, I again, I like I like the goriness of it. I thought that was cool because not many horror movies do that. It pushes the boundaries on that, but there are some other things about it where I'm just like, not really necessary. This isn't. Necessary. Have you seen Don't Breathe? No. Okay, because no, uh, you, you haven't saw... seen Don't Breathe. <laughs> really? No. no. Okay, because I'm gonna let you know right now, you'll have an issue with that movie big time. Then. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great film. Yeah, there's a bit of a twist to that one though, of like something, but I mean, that yeah, one definitely. This guy the director is probably. Did, I was just like, dude. Something not about these guys, I guess. So. Sir. Yeah. Not necessary, sir. Not necessary, but okay. Did, did she have to piss herself? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I thought that was part of the comedy. Jesus <laughs> I was just like, fuck. She was very dehydrated, too, by the way. Um, But yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed the originals a lot. I, yeah. I, I like, again, I'd never seen them before. They're, they're cult classics. Bruce Campbell, obviously, very famous. It's what brought him to fame so it was kind of cool to see those movies and actually be in on all the on all the inside jokes and everything all the references so that was pretty cool um the the reboot remake really i, I could have gone without really seeing it again i appreciate the horror and the gore of it but uh other elements of it i'm just like eh, whatever so uh what about you Bill? yeah i thought the the series as a whole is great it was good to revisit again and see how everything played out the uh, original trilogy, I think, was really well done for what it was. And I, honestly, I forgot how much I liked Ash as a character, especially seeing him throughout each film. And just Sam Raimi as, as a director and some of his original shots that he did, at the, the POV shots and kind of some of those long-running uh, scenes where, like, when Ash is being chased in between the house and he's hiding. Like, those scenes with just yeah. a, a one-line track are, are so original for the time and still hold up so well that made me just appreciate the film not just from a horror or a comedic standpoint but just from the craftsmanship so even with the new evil dead film i thought it was a really good good well-crafted film as well just what they did with those scenes they played a lot of homages but still made it their own um and was very 
uh, fresh compared to some other remakes where they make for uh, other films where it still kind of feels the same. This really felt like a, a fresh take on, a, on an old series, and um, I, I enjoyed watching the marathon over again. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Uh, everything, like you said, every movie is pretty much pretty different, so it's kind of like you get a special kind of like feeling with each one. Like well, some are more horror, some are more comedy, some are you know a little bit of both. And it's, I think it's a good combo. And I think it's a worthwhile marathon to watch too. So, uh, one last thing, guys, I want to bring up too that they are making another Evil Dead movie, by the way. So how this will connect, who knows? But it's Evil Dead Rise. They just started filming it last week, actually. So nice. that's releasing next year on HBO Max. And cool. uh, kind of an unknown director, Lee Cronin, he's an um, Irish director, but Sam Raimi handpicked him himself. He's made some other little short like horror films and stuff, but it's it's produced by the core people that produced all the other movies, too. So Robert Rapper, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell. So all three of them are producing it, too. So is that something you guys are interested in seeing? And I don't know. I, once again, there's no like info on it for the most part. They just showed like a, you know, like, hey, we just started this, so. Yeah, I think it's interesting to watch uh, another film in the series. I'd like to see it kind of continue on as a, as a franchise. So it would be great to, to see what else they can build on, especially more of the lore itself and the Deadites, um, mm-hmm. especially with what them coming out for the show. I hope that all of this kind of connects together. That'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. What about you, uh, Marco? Yeah, I'd be down to see it. I think it'd be interesting, especially if it's being backed by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. I haven't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead, but... I'm telling you, this this marathon definitely piqued my interest, and I may start checking it out. Yeah, and there it's only thirty episodes, right? And they're only like twenty five minutes each. That's not bad. So it's one of those ones that's like it's before you know it, you watch like three in a row. Like, oh damn, that was quick. I mean, Jesus, the movie themselves are short, so right. And if you really want, it's kind of like you can see that as kind of like the true Evil Dead four in a way. So uh, if you guys are interested, check it out. That's I think it's a worthwhile show. I like I said, I just finished it uh last week so right before i started yeah. the marathon so nice. i remember i got through like the first two seasons originally when it was aired but i never could watch the third season and i know now it's all on netflix as well so oh is it nice I actually started watching that yeah oh nice yeah uh season three uh it i hadn't seen it i same thing with you nabil I, I watched the first two seasons i think i even brought it up on the pod and then um i just didn't have stars anymore after a while for some reason yeah. so i didn't see season three and that's when it got canceled and i was like ah, i guess but with like the news of everything else, I'm like, yeah, I should finish this out. So I, I finished it out. I thought it was it was really good. So it has a good blend of uh, action and um, comedy with the horror. So and it's really bloody. It's really gory. So it has that Sam Raimi feel to all the episodes. So but more, but it's still like you said, it's it leans in in the comedy. So it's gory, yeah. but it's it's funny too. Yeah. So that is our Evil Dead marathon, guys. That's the whole franchise. Hopefully, this audio came out good. So, thanks for listening. <laughs> Feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, tell them how they can reach us. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Movie Pals Pod. Make sure to comment, like, share. I know a lot of you have been commenting on our 100th episode, so we really appreciate that. We appreciate all the love, all the likes, all the shout outs. You guys are great. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher. Smash that subscribe button and never miss an episode. I totally forgot to say, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us a chance. We hope you stick around. We hope you subscribe. And we hope that you like and share us as well, too. Awesome. So uh, stay tuned for next episode, guys. Episode 102. We're going to be doing the 
newest Fast and the Furious movie. I don't actually. Is it Fast Nine? Is it F Nine? Who knows? It's Just family together. Family, <laughs> family, family nine. nine. Fast and Furious Nine. We should have a special guest for that. We will know more soon. So, until next time, guys. This is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.